a better future podcast building a better future one change at a time welcome to a better future podcast this is our first recording uh, my name's Corin Goodall uh, I'm known as the realist um, and we also have Sasha Laws here and we are calling her the campaigner and we're also Jason Light who is the professional uh, so some things you can expect to hear from us on this podcast um, we'll be doing some interviews with some really interesting people um, we want to let you know about easy swaps that are, are available out there so that you can start making some little changes um, we want to get engagement from you guys that's you know that's what it's all about um, we're not perfect also that's something we're going to have a section on that you know we are making changes but none of us are perfect uh, the challenge me as well is part of that um, I think I'll be taking on the first challenge this time. Um, moment of the week, although, you know, for our first one being the end of the year, we are going to have moment of the year. Uh, and I think that's about it, as well, amongst a load of other stuff you'll hear from us. So we wanted to do a little intro to introduce ourselves. Um, my name's Corin Goodall, and I started um, A Better Future um, as a Facebook group. Um, I did it mostly because I felt like I was a bit bombarded with all the bad news that was out there and I found it quite hard to uh, feel enthused to make changes um, just because I felt quite down about it all. So I created the group so that I could help inspire others, um, start to make little changes um, and you never know where those little changes end up and that's why I named it A Better Future. So Jay. Jay's also Me. here with us. Yeah, give us a little intro about okay. yourself, Jay. Um, so, uh, my name's Jason Knight, uh, or better known as Jay. Only Jason when I'm being told off. <laughs> and I am a chartered environmentalist. I say that I say that every time because I only got chartered this year, and oh, I've yeah. got to kind of milk got to it. throw it in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've been working in the environmental sector for the best part of well, a decade and a half. Um, and work for a local authority, um, but do all sorts of stuff with businesses and charities and things as well. Um, and I was quite keen to kind of get involved in the group and get involved in the podcast and things to um, try and get involved in something really positive because I think I kind of deal with things. I've been dealing with climate change for a long time mm -hmm. and um, you know, just come up to the 10th anniversary of the Climate Change Act and I was kind of looking back thinking, what have we done? Could we do more? And I really needed something positive to kind of get involved in and try and yeah. get people in. Go on then, you tell everyone who you are. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sasha Laws um, and we have to admit that me and Corin are actually sisters, yeah. but we're um, <clears throat> We're creating a, a childhood dream here because me and Corin, uh, I don't know, when we're probably about eight and ten years old, oh, we used to do our own uh, radio <laughs> recordings. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, you won't be seeing a clip of that. No, no, thankfully, um, iPhones weren't invented then. Um, but yes, so, uh, but it never used to end well. We used to get to the point where, um, I think it was me, wasn't it? I'd have enough. I'd storm out the room. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to try and not We're trying to finish this one. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, so for me, um, I've been interested in you know, animals and the environment for, for many years. But, um, you know, 
I, I suppose I didn't necessarily act on how how I felt. Um, I ended up um, doing an accounting degree and going into finance, um, but it soon became apparent that actually I wanted to um, move into the charity sector. Um, so I went traveling last year around Africa and Asia, um, where I already knew that my, my passion seemed to lie with plastic, so I'd been quite specific about it. Um, and now I've come back to the UK, I've been here for nearly a year, and I volunteered with a charity called Plastic Oceans UK, but that's now t turned into a full-time full job. So, um, yeah, and it's, it's incredible um, that it can become your life, really. Um, but I wanted to join in with this podcast because as much as, um, you know, it becomes your life, I don't want it just to be about plastic because for me it's not, you know, there's there's so many other issues going on and also it's not just plastic that needs to be targeted. For mm -hmm. me it's actually our consumption of pretty much everything. Yeah. So why are we doing the podcast? Well, we're, do we're doing it for people that are interested in the environment um, and maybe they're making, you know, you've already made changes, um, but there are always more to be made. Maybe you but don't maybe know where to start. Don't know where to start. So a bit of guidance. Um, and also for me, it's, um, it's dealing with that overwhelming feeling, which we've mentioned before. And it's just, um, you know, you can start small and then end up making big, big changes. The Facebook group was quite nice to mm -hmm. kind of share things and kind yeah. of have a space where we can kind of to cheer each other on. get you seeking out that good news as well because yeah. the bad news is thrown in your face constantly it's on the telly yeah, it's yeah. on your news feed it's everyone's talking about it down the pub i don't know those conversations just flow whereas good news i don't know everyone seems to skip over it a bit more it goes a bit under the radar so yeah. you've got to seek it out and share it yeah. and also i think if you just keep pummeling people with bad news that they just they disengage from the issue mm. and you have to be careful that um you know there are people that want to know more so don't mm. you know don't just tell them the bad news, mm -hmm. you know, tell them yeah. the good things. Yeah. Let them know that... That there is change can happen. Yeah, because otherwise you get that sort of apathy, don't you? I can't yeah. change it. I can't, look how bad it is already. I can't do anything. Find out more about what we're doing and get involved in future podcasts um, and what we, what we can talk about. Um, we've got a website called uh, abetterfuturepodcast.com um, and on there we've got all our social media and we also have an email address as well which you can contact us on Easy Swaps, swapping made easy So we wanted to talk about Easy Swaps So this is this could be swapping out a product maybe something that you do every day um, Changing habits cha Yeah, change, changing a habit This um, podcast we're going to cover Christmas So Corinne, what did you, what yeah, did you swap this Christmas? I've been excited about this Christmas So... Um, a little bit worried at first, maybe I was like, oh, I don't want to buy loads of things that people don't need. But, you know, people are getting me gifts, so I still feel like I want to get them things. Um, and then it just became easy because I thought it doesn't have to be new. So I can buy things from either charity shops or uh, vintage places, which I did. I got you a nice jumper, which you're wearing right now. Wearing four days in a row. <laughs> Love it. Or regifting things. Yes, that's it, yeah. Jay, I got a mug uh, from a lovely lady, uh, just a solo business, um, and I thought it'd be really nice to give her some business, so that felt good. Our first merchandise for the podcast. It is, it is, it is a better future podcast mug. 
so my wrapping as well I didn't buy any new wrapping paper um, I have a bag that I always keep things that I think well that doesn't look too shabby I can probably use that again and I managed to wrap all my presents up with things that I already had uh, didn't use any sellotape uh, it was just string though so did anyone else have any um, good swaps that they made this year well I, I was similar to you in the sense that I didn't um use any new wrapping or buy any boxes Mm -hmm. um i was actually quite lazy this year because i tend just to buy for my immediate family and they know what i'm all about um so i just raided the um you know you know the cupboard with all unused boxes and Mm -hmm. you'd be surprised at how many pretty boxes you keep yeah and that you can just reuse so i had a few presents um with in the boxes i already had and then um, I also have started switching to either experiences or days out um, and it actually gets you thinking about what does that person like to do or what have they you know mentioned a couple of times mm-hmm. um, and, and get, gets you thinking in a different way rather than just thinking oh yeah they might they might like that yeah. do you know what I mean and, and like an actual thing which to be honest I've done it a lot I've seen parents you know put stuff in the cupboard i've seen my friends never wear stuff that i've bought them so i suppose for me i want to tap in more of the well, experiences I, I can say that you did very well this year because i'm very excited to be going to kew gardens at yeah. some point oh, i am but... a keen gardener yeah. <laughs> uh, although it has gone you know a little bit to the side over the winter but i'm excited i am really excited to go yeah yeah we um me and my sisters just decided to kind of give to different charities that's nice that's really nice kind of put some money into different things which is really nice um i i got quite spurred on by the kind of website last year and i bought all sorts of different things Mm -hmm. and um it's a bit of a confession but um we bought some of the um kind of charcoal um toothpaste last Mm -hmm. year in like a little jar really nice little business um, and somehow we still have some left. Um, so it's kind of a, it was a, a kind of easy swap to make last year, and it's still going. It's incredible. Oh, that's great. Um, but I don't know if anyone watched The Apprentice where the guy's got the charcoal toothpaste. But basically, I look like that with really <laughs> teeth. Well, I'm rushing. <laughs> but um, it was a kind of easy swap, but it's still going. So it's, it's incredible. Going. Like it was, you know, it cost a bit more than normal toothpaste, mm-hmm. but it's you know, year down the line, still using some of this stuff. So. Yeah, sometimes it's 20 times better. Some people say it's the consumer that should change. Mm-hmm. Some people say it's the big businesses that can change. Mm-hmm. How how can I do anything? I'm just one person. Yeah. And I say it's both. Yeah. Because totally we all agree, we all yeah. have a part to play. Mm-hmm. I do um, I do, yeah. Consumer if consumers change their ways then but then there needs to be more options i still feel like the options are limited and that's where the businesses need to make more and then they can start to see that people want to make that change but it does have to be affordable as well sometimes the swap is you know for for low-income families the swap is 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 just too much right now um well yeah i mean when we're we're speaking about plastic absolutely um i've had conversations in the past where Mm -hmm. you know well, I do it in my personal life where I'm mm-hmm. making swaps and sometimes they are more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're asking people on lower income, you know, that are, you know, worried about making ends meet, how can I say to them, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you're doing a bad thing. Mm-hmm. They've got enough on their plate. Mm-hmm. So it's absolutely having things either mm-hmm. the same price, you know, plastic, non-plastic mm-hmm. or cheaper yeah. to, you know, incentivize yeah. people. Yeah. There's a lot of research as well that people on lower incomes consume less of pretty much everything. So, yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, you know, even even if they don't swap, 
yeah. the, the onus really is on the people on the higher You're levels right. of You're right, I've not even thought about it. It's a huge portion of the UK actually has a lot, a lot of say because if they vote with their purses, um, then they can drive mm-hmm. things to become cheaper for then the lower income yeah. families mm-hmm. to afford. Yeah, yeah. But you have to make that, not, not a sacrifice, but it's just changing your thought patterns a bit towards certain yeah. products. And I don't mean that you have to go across the board and go, right, you know, I'm going to change everything and make, every, you know, and then suddenly everything becomes very expensive. Yeah. It's just choosing a few things. Yeah. Um, and... And then maybe, you know, in a few months' time, six months' time, you'll choose another few, few things. Well, here, here's one that I... So I was quite adamant about soaps and things in the bathroom. I thought, that's got... We used to... When we were growing up, Sash, we used to have soap bars in the yeah. bathroom. Yeah, and, we and we didn't have shower gel for the bath. <laughs> you just didn't have it. Um, so I then went to Lush because I knew that they had sold vegan products as well. And I, I think I first started off a couple of years ago buying it for a treat for Nat for Christmas. And then I thought, actually, I could probably do with some of this for myself. Yeah. So <laughs> then, and and I've actually, I love, I love the shampoo bars and all of that, but they are, it's much more expensive. It's expensive. It and is, yeah. my previous job was a hairdresser, so actually, I'll be completely honest with you, they're not as great as the products you, that I used to buy. They're not, they're, uh, you know, but I'm not that fussy anymore. <laughs> but I, I think as well, you need to find what works for you. So, so. For example, I'm happy with the shampoo bars. Mm-hmm. That works for me. But other people said to me, that doesn't work mm-hmm. or the conditioner bars aren't great. Yeah. And But then there's um, shampoos in aluminium bottles, for example. Yeah. Or there might be another you know, another yeah. company that works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose it's having to test these things yeah. and, and well, seeing what works. Um, I'm really keen to hear about new swaps. So if you do have any and you... Uh, think that they would be easy and that many, many people can do them um, put a little hashtag for us easy swaps hashtag easy swaps and let us know what we can swap out a better future podcast moment of the week uh, so as it's the end of the year we thought we'd do um, our moment of the year which would be really lovely um, I know that Sasha's had a pretty special moment this year uh, it's probably even my moment of the year but I'm gonna let her have the moment <laughs> go on then Sash tell us for me, it's the it's the plastic movement. Um, Blue Planet Two came out of um, out the end of two thousand and seventeen, but we've really seen, you know, the awareness being raised and people taking action in two thousand and eighteen. But it ended up because um, my CEO Joe Ruxton um, worked on the first Blue Planet with David Attenborough, I I ended up getting invited to lunch with wow. him. So um, I was sworn to secrecy because Sasha wasn't sure if it was going to completely happen. Um, but I just couldn't help myself. And I did tell Jay and that. Yeah, we, we and all we her friends. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I mean, for me, I just thought it was some sort of sick joke. Yeah. <laughs> we put a tracker on your phone so we could try and follow you. It was so intimate as well because there really wasn't. There was only about eight of you, wasn't there? there yeah, wasn't yeah there, was, um, there was our team. So there was about 10 of us. But um, it was just quite funny because we went to this really nice um, restaurant in, in Richmond. But actually, David had been on it to lunch with Joe before and they'd just gone to the pub. So when they picked him up, he just turned up in his shorts and a and a shirt, and they said, "Oh no, no, we're going, we're going to you know a nice place." And he's oh. like, "Ah, oh, 
Wow. Oh, bless oh, him. Yeah. That's so sweet. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So he's just like, he's just, he's just lovely. I saw that uh, Plastic Oceans UK actually reshared the picture for Christmas um, of you all at lunch. And your face does make me laugh a lot on it. You do look completely starstruck in the back there. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes wide, smiling like, is this real? And that was at the end of the lunch. <laughs> I know, you were like that the whole time. My whole heart was, woo! Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a great, great experience. Um, in, in a way, I kind of think, feel like I've peaked um but you know is incredible guy to me and do you know what for me during the lunch it was you know he's happy to talk about environmental issues but for me it's you know he started something here with the plastic movement and it's up to us now to to continue that There's lots of people taking that up now. I've seen loads of documentaries coming out for the back of the exactly. Blue Planet. He's done um, his job, yeah. You know, in my, yeah. my my inbox is full at work. I constantly get inquiries from people asking about what they can recycle, what they can kind of do. It's really mostly it them from me, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and so many, so many businesses and you know, and individuals, you know, start with I watch Blue Planet too. You know, mm. um, you know. So it's it's, it's very very powerful. Brilliant. So, and you got yeah, you got to meet one of your heroes. Absolutely. Yeah. So. As you said earlier, everybody's hero. Everybody's hero. <laughs> I'll say that my moment of the year is, in all honesty, I can't remember if I did make the group this year or last year, but it's definitely really kicked off this year, mm-hmm. and it's now led us at the end of two thousand and eighteen, all in a room together recording a podcast and hopefully reaching a wider audience. So I mean, that's a pretty special moment for me. Yeah, and it's kind of spurred you on even more. Yeah. Like, could you yeah. imagine you would be sat in front of a mic? No, uh, actually, I'm really out of my comfort zone here. I've never uh, for our our actual mine and Steve's business we he runs a a podcast with some friends and I go along and I am quite often sat in the corner silently with lots of ideas but never brave enough to pipe up Steve's quite often said he set me up a mic and I sit there and I say no thank you so to be in this room talking quite casually is feels very brave yeah. and I, I've, I've been in that room I've seen you in the background desperate yeah. kind of really wanted to just grab that mic and kind of come out with all sorts of really cool stuff yeah it's hard so, not to get involved yeah that's really good um I guess my moment of the year I mean this year was quite a big year it was the 10th anniversary of the climate change act mm-hmm. um and I got invited by a friend of mine to the house of commons for the first time ever um not really to do anything other than to go to some event and kind of sit in the background, but I managed to blag myself into one of the other events um, and got to meet loads of amazing people. So I did see some of your photos that you sent over. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of secretly taking pictures. Like I was kind of tourist in this room of amazing environmental people. So I yeah. met like the chief scientist for Greenpeace and mm-hmm. had a chat with Caroline Lucas and mm. saw like Ed Miliband doing hilarious comedy on stage about climate change <laughs> um yeah it was it was brilliant um bit of a late bloomer for the year because it was only a few weeks ago but yeah. um it was you know all kind of culminating in like the the you know conference of the parties in poland and there's all sorts of stuff happened in the last few few weeks go on then challenge me really like one of the reasons why we want to do the podcast is to kind of sort of spur each other on and, and try new things and and get more involved in stuff so we, we've come up with this idea called challenge me um which is open for anyone to kind of put forward suggestions but 
um, what we're going to do is kind of once a podcast draw straws who has to pick up the challenge um, not plastic straws <laughs> um, and then um, other versions are available <laughs> yeah. and then and then they then have to kind of try something out um, really push themselves on, on an environmental issue um, and then report back kind of realistically what worked what didn't work um, whether they really managed to do it at all um, so because this is the first one and we've just getting to the end of December so Corin has drawn straws already to be doing Veganuary for next That's month, yeah. um, which should be quite exciting. So yeah. it'd be good to kind of hear. How it's that something goes. I've kind of dabbled in a little bit here and there, but never stuck to it for more than a couple of days. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the challenge of a whole month. Um, tell everyone, Jay, how you actually—that's how you became a vegan, wasn't it? By taking part in Veganuary. Yeah, I mean, I've been vegetarian for like mm-hmm. over ten years, mm-hmm. and we'd been kind of phasing things out um getting more kind of aware of things mm-hmm. um and we went to a friend's house who's this incredible vegan chef who i'm going around a house for new years this year as well which is quite exciting so i've stopped eating for the next few days <laughs> in prep um and we kind of had a big vegan dinner and me and my wife nat decided to try it out for the month so we just said for the whole month we won't buy or have anything that isn't vegan mm-hmm. um and yeah it kind of stuck which is really good like i mean changes need to be sticky in it really yeah. did stick so yeah. kind of three years down the line plus haven't looked back really yeah. so hopefully you have that kind of adventure yeah hopefully mm-hmm. you have the the added challenge of uh also being vegan but avoiding nuts as well so that really is a challenge for you <laughs> yeah and and it's kind of a strength as well i mean i've, I've got mm-hmm. a nut and a sesame allergy and mm-hmm. um i've spent my entire life looking at ingredients so in some to some extent i was kind of okay. used to looking yeah. at things yeah. and kind of I think that's could be one of the challenges you might find that you you're having to yeah, be more conscientious things you had no idea even had milk and an egg and you know that kind of thing yeah so I'll be checking out the labels yeah. for the next month and I'll be reporting back yeah I mean I, I, the, the idea is a challenge so you have to report back but Mm-hmm. My one bit of advice, don't beat yourself up yeah. for the next month. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> like, yeah, it's being it honest as well, yeah. you know, because that's the thing that like, you might go, you know, you know, out of your way to yeah. to, to do this challenge. Yeah. But, you know, we're not, you know, like we've said, we're not perfect. I already so. know that here's one report before I've even started that I'm not going to be wasteful. Anything that is already in my house that isn't vegan, I will still eat. Yeah, absolutely. And because i don't want to be wasteful yeah yeah, yeah. um but i won't be buying any new products that aren't vegan and i won't be eating out anywhere that's not vegan okay great so um obviously current's doing veganuary for this next month um but if you've got any ideas about challenges we should do across all different areas of the sustainability spectrum really um visit our website or catch up with us on social media and put those forward i've got a question not another one. So I wanted to do a bit of uh, just the voice of someone that doesn't work in any sector, any charity, just the normal person at home who wants to do better. Uh, so one of my things the other day was I might drink a bottle of wine or two on occasions. Um, and I'm removing the lids as I'm putting my glass bottles out. And I'm thinking there's got to be some value in those lids. Like, why are we throwing? I, as far as I know, we're not meant to be doing anything with those at the moment, Jay. So can you tell me 
if I'm right, or what what can I do with them? Yeah, um, I mean, as everyone probably knows, recycling is different across mm. all different parts of the UK Indeed. and the world. Mm. Um, so it depends where you are. So there's always that thing of check with your local authority or your collection yeah. things to see. But certainly where we are in in the deepest, darkest southern Hampshire, <laughs> um, the it's at the moment we can't put glass bottle lids mm-hmm. in, in there. Um, but it is something that the companies themselves see a lot of value in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but actually, from my understanding, is that the metal is worth more than the glass. So right. some of the companies that handle and, and all of the glass that gets thrown away quite like the metal. Okay. Um, if it's actually put in the a normal bin in Hampshire and it goes through, one of, it's likely to go through one of our energy recovery things and they can take some of the metal out mm-hmm. as okay. part of the incineration process. But Okay. Um, yeah, maybe one day we might be able to kind of change that and it'd be a bit similar to other other areas in the UK where you can kind of leave the bottles on and it's okay. a bit easier. Okay. Um, but certainly it would be nice to remove those little bits of metal from going into the normal bin because, yeah. um, you know, it's just it's a bit of a shame. So, so we're lucky so here exciting. in that they probably do get taken out during that process, but sometimes they, some they are it, just going to landfill. Be, but... Mm. Not all of them. Okay, so, sure. um, you know, ideally you'd have all sorts of separate bins for yeah. every different material possible, mm-hmm. but that's, mm, that's segregation. quite a big change to infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, maybe one day it's, yeah. it could be something for you to kind of push. I will follow on. up. I will follow up. Yeah. <laughs> 60 seconds of Jay. You'll be amazed what I can do in 60 seconds. One of the regular things that we might do um, in the podcast is update in 60 seconds all the kind of different things that's going on in policy and and um news around the environment um and just trying to quite quickly blast through because it might be useful for people who are listening who uh, might work for a charity or or a business or a, or a, a local authority or someone or just um, the everyday person or just find yeah. it difficult yeah. to keep up with all the news because yeah. yeah. it is difficult it's difficult yeah. so jason i'm actually going to time you uh so what's going on in 60 seconds there's a very big thing going on at the moment, obviously, with Brexit. Um, so there's a huge amount of legislation coming out of um, government at the moment. There's all sorts of updates and statutory instruments and things and loads of consultations on environmental matters. Um, it's the single biggest area for Brexit. So everyone needs to kind of keep an eye on that, get involved, respond to all the consultations. Uh, we've had quite a few come out recently. So there's the... Um, um, environment bill that's just come out with uh, quite a bit more detail about uh, the watchdog for the environment and um, what the future might hold for that. Um, there's, there's been an announcement on the feed-in tariff that came out recently which essentially means that if you put PB on your house from the end of March then you won't get paid for exporting anything which is a bit interesting um, and there's a conversation that's just come out and saying use plastic bags. So. Just in time. Well Just done, in Jay. Time. So, yeah, stop, let's start with this work backwards then. Start with the plastic bags. So what's the consultation about? So there's a consultation came out yesterday, so 27th of December, um, for upping the price on single-use plastic bags. Okay. So that was five pence that was introduced a couple of years ago. Um, it's been incredibly successful. There's 70% reductions, this kind of figure bounded round. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't been going around following people counting <laughs> whether they use their bags. Yeah, sure. Um, and looking at kind of upping that to 10 pence. Okay. And 
and expanding it to other smaller shops and things. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, so that, that's the big change, isn't it? It's going for the smaller shops. Yeah. Um, and also, they're looking to do this in 2020, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, I suppose because me and my team have been discussing it, and it's a, a case of something that's already been done it's just upping it to 10 pence. Mm-hmm. Can it not be done quicker? Yeah. I suppose that's my first question. And also, um, the statistics, and I don't want to... Um, I, I, I personally think t- taxing um, single-use items is the way to go, you know, for, you know, for mass change. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my worry is that statistics don't necessarily capture the, it also, the 5p bags that are more... Um, they use more plastic and they're more durable. Um, there's still, you know, statistics being banded around is there's still a billion of those being produced. So is it, you know, by upping it to Tempe, are we going to see a mass, you know, an even more of a change or does it need to be more than that? Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what I think people we'll think. Have to, yeah, it'd be nice to have a conversation yeah. and hear what you think about it. Um, we'll also share the consultation on our Facebook page and other other social outlets <laughs> um, so there's yeah i think that closes on the 22nd of february so, okay so we've got a bit of time yeah, we've got a bit of time so maybe we might cover that in a bit more detail yeah. in the session yeah absolutely uh you also mentioned the feeding tariff yes yeah, so um the feeding tariff has been around for quite a long time it was one of the kind of flagship things that came out of the climate change act really i'll be completely um, honest i don't know what this is Josie. so you're gonna have to break either. this down for me so I, we're currently sitting in my house below my solar panels, which okay. I have on my house, um, which were put in about five, six years ago. Um, so we get two forms of money mm-hmm. from that. So they're all bundled in as the feed-in tariff. So one of them is our kind of, it's the standard feed-in tariff. So we get paid something like, I don't know, 15 pence for every kilowatt we produce, okay. um, which is, you know, slightly more than it costs to buy electricity which is kind of 12 14 pence for most people um and the thing that changed or will change for the end of march is the export tariff so at the moment i get about five and a half pence for every kilowatt that i produce but i don't use so it just goes into the local distribution network um and the consultation has basically come out and the government have announced that from the end of march um, any new installation so if you put pv on your house mm-hmm. um so solar photovoltaics um you won't get paid for exporting so you'll be giving electricity away okay. for free and um, what's their thinking behind that because i can't think of a reason why the well the idea is it's going to save them some money okay. um and that some other kind of external arrangement well, the government's thinking is that businesses will suddenly kind of introduce a scheme where you can get paid as a domestic person for exporting similar mm-hmm. um but that infrastructure is not in place so um it's not, i would say it's not a very positive thing okay. um struggling to see the logic because obviously you know even five pence for what you export is is less than in the grid rate for generating electricity it's an incentive to get that kind of uh electricity into your house as well yeah yeah so it's kind of losing an incentive that I don't think was really costing anyone much at all. Okay. And the last one was the environmental bill, which you talked about first of all. Yeah, which is massive. So the 25-year plan that the government produced came out earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been waiting for quite a long time. I say we, I think 
I, I certainly have because I'm quite sad when I watch these things. Um, <laughs> but I think the whole environmental sector has been waiting to hear what the government's plans are mm-hmm. um, post-exiting the European Union um, and what kind of weight an organisation might have because at the moment the European Court of Justice is the kind of fail-safe for environment and the whole European project is built upon environmental principles um, so whether that's polluter pays, precautionary principle um, it's all baked into Europe um, so what protections we have in place if, once we exit the EU so the environment bill sort of attempts to set that out and okay. there's, there's it's only been out for about a week there's quite a lot of commentary about whether or not the body will have much power and be able to hold the government to account mm-hmm. um, or if it's just going to be an institution that's kind of falls underneath a secretary of state and they can decide whether or not they they take themselves to court so okay. you've probably heard a lot about um client earth taking the government to court around air quality okay. um and that's only really able to happen because of the existing model we have for environment right. um, and the concern is if the new body that gets produced to replace the court of justice is just an institution that's controlled by politicians then why would they ever take themselves to court in the way that they okay. can at the moment? Yeah. That's a little scary, isn't it? It's potentially, but then if they're building a new thing, they could do it better they could. than it they was could. before. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. that's true. That's the opportunity there, mm-hmm. isn't it? The other thing that came up was the waste management strategy as well, right? Yes. So that's another thing that yeah, I also ended up waiting for. I never. If you said to me <laughs> five years ago, you're going to be really keen to see what's in a waste management strategy... I would have thought you were mad, but yeah. Um, so for me, I haven't I haven't delved into all of it yet, but there's some interesting stuff coming out, especially because you know consumers are, you know, are concerned with with plastic pollution um, in particular. So um, yeah, p- putting that responsibility onto the producers, um, you know, I, I think is a great move. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you do compare it to Germany, who's been doing it since 1991, we are a bit bit slow wow. yeah we are a little behind there yeah. Look, yeah absolutely and um but at the same time let's just get on the dirt yeah, yeah. that's how i see it yeah. so yeah. um there's there's a lot more covered in that but um like i said we can we can pick up that yeah, yeah. And different, I, another you know. time. i probably should have mentioned that in the list it, it literally came out but it yeah it covers all sorts of things so um introducing food waste collections across yeah. the whole of England, um, yeah. I say UK, but it's, it was, it's an English bill that came mm. through. But Scotland and Wales are brilliant at doing food waste. They are. They already... Do you know what? Just generally, you know, Wales and Scotland in that in waste management are. Sometimes people are surprised, but they are a lot, a lot yeah. more forward than we are. Yeah. Um, so there's that. There's the deposit return scheme pilots, which we were kind of expecting. Um, I'm a bit on the fence as to whether I think that will really work in the UK or if it's just a gimmick or not so that could be something quite interesting to kind of hear different people's views about and are they are they doing pilots around the uk they're doing some pilots they haven't really announced what they are but they put a timeline in over the next kind of five years for when they're going to do it i think they're going to announce early spring next year okay that's interesting because i've you know i've heard from people that um they're you know their evidence at the moment is great that they're doing pilots because their evidence at the moment is countries like norway for example but it's a completely different setup, and mm. they've been doing it for years. So you know the fact that we've got curbside recy- recycling that will impact it. So it's 
yeah i'm the same as you i want to you know you've got to go through the whole process and see what the you know consequences could be of mm-hmm. implementing it i'd love to do a whole the whole big chat on uh, recycling and waste management at some point i think that'd be a good Absolutely. conversation considering Definitely. we all produce a load of waste or some of us less and more so than others but it'd be good to know you know just exactly what future plans are to get rid of certain pieces and and just reducing consumption in general and i must admit i'm still learning so you know this this is something um you know i've been actively working in this space Mm. for nearly a year now but you know it's yeah this is a learning process you've been you've been you've been been it for years haven't you so i've been uh neck deep in waste for years (laughs) (laughs) so wrapping up on the first podcast um i'm really pleased with how that went i mean we've rambled at stages and and tumbled through and and but we've done it so i'm really proud of us nice one guys <laughs> um so jay you're going to tell everyone where they can find out a little bit more and find those consultations you talked about earlier and post questions give us some of those hashtag easy swaps and getting get a bit more engagement about you know the challenge me as well we had the challenge me so if you've got some ideas for challenges you can post these yeah tell us so there's there's lots of ways to get in touch um so we've already mentioned before that we have the website which is uh um and there's sort of bits of information on there about us and a few bits and pieces just kind of getting started with it um, but we also have a Facebook page, which is at a better future pod, um, Instagram. So there's a better future underscore podcast, um, where we have a few pictures and we start kind of putting things on now, Twitter, a better pod. And we have an email address as well, which is a better future podcast at protonmail.com. Um, so you can use all those different things, but it's probably easier to pop to the website or Facebook and and kind of get in touch and give us your ideas about any challenges we should do what easy swaps we should do um if you want to be interviewed or you want to talk about something we want to be really inclusive and get as many people involved as possible yeah that'd be fab. um we've got a few interviews already lined up for future ones um but it would be great to hear from you yeah just the everyday person as well if they've uh, done something pretty special we know someone who's recently done a, a year free of plastic it'd be quite interesting to have a chat with her at some point we know next time we're going to be hearing from corinne about veganuary and how she's kind of getting on um or or whether it finished depending on when yeah. we do the next podcast <laughs> um but i really appreciate you listening and hope you kind of subscribe or or follow us on one of the various different forms of social media and um, look forward to... Recording the next one. Yeah, definitely. Mm, yeah. Bye! Bye! <laughs>